Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Jason and Ken's Six Pack. Presented by Weathermaster Windows. Get top-rated windows with a lifetime guarantee for under $215. Visit WMWindow.com and get an estimate in 60 minutes or less. Inside access to what the boys are drinking. <laughs> I mean, thinking. 1057 The Fan. Time for our observations on the offensive side of the ball. And Stone, let's get started. Number six. I got to tell you, I was going back and forth on the order for these. So, like, where do I slot them? So, I'll start at six. Play calling. Greg Roman, especially that first and goal from the five. They're running the ball down the Giants' throat, and they throw the ball three times there. Granted, Lamar could have made a better throw on first down, but ended up having to kick a field goal. I'll put play calling at six. I'm going to make a preemptive strike here, T-Bone, and you, you may well give this to him because I'm not including this in there. There were, there were open individuals, and this team can't run the ball short yardage. It's been an issue forever, and you've got a quarterback. We all think when he's right, he's an MVP, and just because you ran it between the 20s and gashed him, it's a little different in short yardage. Those plays were there. They just didn't execute. That is not a part of my well, six-pack, we'll, we'll, we, will dis- we will disagree. That's a disclaimer, just, T-Bone. Just be, hey, T-Bone, I will, make, six, well, no, T-Bone. I will make a preemptive strike on his I didn't preemptive strike. Do a, I didn't even get to do a six uh, yet. Uh, just because they haven't been able to run the ball near the goal line before. They For years. Able, they haven't been able to run the ball, period, this year, and they were running the ball like crazy yesterday. I think their running plays mm, were there I, yesterday. I wholeheartedly agree. They Thank ran you. the ball last week against Cincinnati. Nah, mm. Not like this. Ken's got points on the board. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Ronnie Stanley, Patrick McCarry. They did the job. They gave up two sacks. It was tough sledding for both of them. They keep moving McCarry around. I don't know where he's repping during the week at practice. It probably wasn't a whole lot of right tackle, but they decide that he at right tackle is better than a banged-up Morgan Moses at right tackle, I guess in part because of that crappy surface. Stanley played, what, 22 snaps last week. We're thinking maybe he's up to 35. He played all but eight snaps and played really well. That's something that... um, could be a massive factor for them as they move on into the second third of the season. But tip of the cap to those individuals. Number five. Drake was great. Um, I can't help but wonder what some of those plays might have looked like with Dobbins there. Uh, I guess this isn't isn't a significant setback for Dobbins. But to me, coming off of what he's come off of, any little something, something with the knee they're probably going to have to monitor very closely and err on the side of caution. Um, this isn't higher for me, though, because this is the Giants give up yards on the ground. I mean, Wink's taking away a lot of other stuff. He's sitting back and playing cover three. He's blitzing you like mad. Like, they're, they're not really worried about it. Um, it seems to be baked into their cake. You know who else can't stop the run? The team they're playing this coming week, the Browns. So, um, maybe that bodes well for the Ravens as well. But uh, a nice effort by Drake, but the Dobbins things, at least for me, 
gives me a little pause. Any sort of quasi setback for him, to me, is a big deal. We are simpatico on five. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries for 119 yards. He averaged 12 yards a carry. I don't know who was going to do better than what Kenyon Drake did yesterday. He has his touchdown, his 30-yard touchdown. He was untouched. He was he was great. I wish they would have fed him a little bit more in this game, especially in the second half. Number four. Number four, I'll stay positive. Mark Andrews is back to reasserting himself as the best tight end in football. Uh, seven catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. I would have loved to have seen him catch that the ball on the second down play uh, on the, when they had first and goal with the five. It was slightly tipped, but it hit him. I know it takes his it, it changes what he's looking at. I would love to see him, but that ball was tipped. But Mark Andrews, the catch, the touchdown catch in the back of the end zone was a thing of beauty. They don't get anything on the wide receiver position, T-Bone, and they don't have any big plays anymore. No passes over 19 yards. Um, They've gone, I think, four weeks now without a a pass completion, traveling 21 yards or more in the air. Um, Certainly nothing over 35 in quite some time. And the receivers combined for five catches on 11 targets for 45 yards, a long of 15. Cuckoo-cachoo, Mr. Robinson. Leads them with 27 receiving yards among receivers. Not good enough. I think Ken's been good enough so far. I'm giving him the first first half nod. What Mark Andrews is doing, to your point, you you two kind of play off each other with number four. The fact that Andrews is still putting up these numbers and uh, there's a bunch of, like, nobodies (laughs) at receiver, to put it kindly, is unbelievable. Number three. It's up with the pre-snap motion, pre-snap illegal formations, pre-snap false starts, and just plain bad snaps. I don't know if Wink was in their head or not. I don't know if all of his showing a blitz and then backing off and all of his pre-snap stuff got in their head. We'll see what the great Bobby DePaul ultimate football guy saw on film at 5 o'clock. But the, the obviously the, the illegal formation was huge. It negated that QB sneak that might have... If not ice the game, put them in position to ice the game. All the early false starts. And <laughs> like, wow, I'm sick of talking about snapping the football. It's the most elementary, rudimentary thing. It starts every play. Let's find someone who can do it. I don't want to hear about Miami and he snaps it too high. And then they get away with it with the Bengals when it's a terrible snap. And Duvernay bails them out. And then this one, I'm not defending what Lamar did afterwards. You keep running through all these centers. And for, for forever, center didn't matter. They didn't want to pay any centers. They didn't want to do anything with center. You draft a center in the first round. I see centers all over this league. Third round, fourth round, fifth round. You're not hearing about bad snaps. Uh, my three is is Ronnie Stanley. Like The fact of the matter is he played a third of the snaps last week. All the talk coming into this game. Turf's terrible at MetLife. How much is Ronnie going to play, if at all? He played all but, what, eight snaps? Like, And he played really well. This looks like and something I never thought we'd see. But Ronnie Stanley is playing at a high level. And I think if you're a Ravens fan, all the negativity out there with this game, here's a huge positive. This guy's playing his rear end off. Number two. 
Number two is Jason's, I think, for dumb football. These penalties, these pre-snap penalties are inexcusable. The one at, at the end of the game on the third and one, uh, somebody's got to call a timeout if you see like this is rudimentary stuff if you don't have a guy covering Ronnie Stanley you got to call a timeout and get him so he's covering Ronnie Stanley because you get the first down you win you probably win the freaking football game instead five what was it five pre-snap penalties in this game that's low IQ football it's unacceptable my two is I guess whatever the opposite of halftime adjustments are that's that's what they make offensively I mean they're now 25th and second half scoring 19 points Minus 18 scoring margin in the second half. That's 28th in the league. Minus three in turnover margin in the second half. Uh, offensive EPA, sort of their overall offensive effectiveness. True Media has them at 25th in the NFL in the second half. Lamar is a 56.3 passer rating in the fourth quarter now. Only Patrick Mahomes is worse, believe it or not. Huh. And he's thrown four interceptions in the fourth quarter. Only Jameis Winston has thrown more Whatever they're doing at halftime, whatever you know, they've been trying. Mix it up, man, because this is becoming far too intertwined in their offensive DNA. Number one, wink one, give the man his due. He came into this game blitzing thirty nine percent of the time. I'm going to blitz sixty one percent of the time against these guys and see how they handle it. I know Lamar's top five against the blitz coming in. Well. He had 22 dropbacks against the Blitz in this game. Once he took off and ran. Twice he was sacked. 19 times he threw the ball against the Blitz, fellas. He completed just nine of those passes for 103 yards. 5.4 per attempt. One touchdown, one interception. 59.8 passer rating. Wink mixed that up with the cover one and the cover three. He wasn't going to allow big plays. He wasn't going to allow quick strikes. I think he was. I don't think he wanted to allow 200 yards on the ground. But clearly, we talked about this last week. We talked about it with Bobby D. He he's. You're going to be able to run the ball on this defense. But they couldn't score points, and they couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter. And hats off to Wink. It was a big game for him. You saw the emotion on that sideline around Wink Martindale. I give credit to Wink. He wanted this game. I think the Ravens beat themselves. But my number one is Lamar was bad. Like like this, pure and simple. Yeah, it's a bad snap. But you compounded that bad snap by throwing a horrible pass, uh, it, uh, basically across your body to Patrick Ricard. It gets picked off, and then you did not have ball control in the final final drive where you got you the uh, Thibodeau forced the fumble you missed opportunities in the first half we talked earlier in the show how this game felt like it was going to be a blowout in the first half and they left points on the field I thought Lamar was bad and quite frankly he hasn't been great since week three that's a big W for the ginger gorilla he was was an MVP candidate through the first three weeks and he's been playing a lot of bad football passing the ball wise over the last three games and the pre-snap penalties, I mean, you can't beat yourself. When you have five of them, four false starts in the first half, completely unacceptable. And to your point, Ken, with Stanley, I didn't have this type of expectation. No, no and, zero. And in his second start, after only playing a third of the snaps last week, I mean, <laughs> thumbs up to Ronnie Stanley. Hey, coming up next here on the program, what else went on in the National Football League? Oh, good news, Ravens fans. For all the problems, Deshaun Jackson's coming in for a workout. So everything should be fixed at the wide receiver Problem solved. Yeah, 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson without a team this year. Sounds very Des Bryant-ish, but everything will be fixed. Hey, coming up next, what else happened week six in the National Football League? We'll recap, get Jason's thoughts. Also here from one Tom Brady. 
after the game yesterday. Uh, that's League at Large here on the fan. Inside Access with Jason Ken. Inside Access to the National Football League. NFL Insider, Jason Lockenfora, Ravens Insider, Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach, Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The League at Large. Brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at ValorHome.com. 1057 Lafan. It's just execution, you know. Just all got to do a better job. So, you know, go back, watch the tape, and um, obviously a lot to correct. Mm. Tom Brady talking after the game. We'll get to the Steelers side of this in Northern Exposure uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at one point last week were a 10 point favorite. I think it dropped to 8.5. They lose at Pittsburgh 20-18. to 18. I think they've only scored 21 points or more once this season. Jason, what the heck's going on with the Bucs? Well, I believe I had in my six-pack last week the Bay of Pigs. I, I was starting to get worried about Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Um, because you go back and you think about the games they struggled in. Okay, so they, they couldn't move the ball in the Packers. Everybody's moving the ball in the Packers. The Packers' defense was supposed to be good. It's not. So, you know, you, you kind of like the Falcons. Do the Falcons really have a good defense? I think it's better than I thought it would be. I wouldn't call it good. They struggled to move the ball for large parts of that game. And we all saw Pittsburgh get eviscerated by Buffalo. And I thought Mike Tomlin would rally the troops. And they'd give their best effort. But Tom Brady's execution... Execution. Look, he want to execute his offensive line. Yeah, like that's a bad look for Tom Brady. Like when you're the Tom Brady who outworks everybody, who's the first one in and the last one out of the facility every day, then you can throw all the tirades you want. And I get it; he's the goat. But when you're kind of practicing Wednesday, kind of not, and you're going to miss some team stuff on Saturday because you want to go to the your billionaire buddy's wedding on Friday on a Friday night in New York, oh, Robert, Robert Kraft, Kraft. Yeah. Then you know what? And and you're not having a great season and you're having trouble scoring touchdowns. Maybe don't eviscerate your offensive lineman, uh, T Bone, on the sidelines. I, I'm not sure that style of leadership is what they need right now. Um, and the scary one for me in this one is for the first time in three weeks, they did just say, All right, we're gonna try to run our way out of this because we we have been able to run the football, and Pittsburgh's been an just a, a mediocre mm. run defense. And playoff Lenny goes 21 times for 63 yards. Yeesh. It's troubling if you're a Bucks fan. And everyone, myself included, they were one of my best bets, thought that they were going to go into Pittsburgh and slap them around. And you're facing a rookie quarterback, which I thought that the Bucks would dominate. Of course, Pickett ended up getting hurt in this game. But I thought that the Bucks defense could feast on them. And... He only gave up 20 points, but the offense couldn't do anything against that sorry Steelers defense. And it doesn't always end well for careers, right? You it usually of, doesn't. You think of Brett Favre, that immediately comes to mind where he made it to the NFC Championship. They lost, and then it, it just came to a screeching halt. We had Lucy Burge on and last week talking about Brady and Giselle being a witch. 
Brady came back and ruined his wet his marriage for for this mediocre season so far. The thing that the Bucks have in their favor is the NFC South is terrible. And Atlanta has kind of been this surprise they, team at three yeah. and three, and they're scrappy, and they took the Bucks to the brink, and then of course had that BS mm-hmm. roughing the passer penalty. But got to protect a, the brand, got to protect the franchise. There's a lot of issues in Tampa Bay right now. Let's go to the game of the day: Bills and Chiefs. And before we chat about it, the Chiefs want uh, Chiefs lost twenty four twenty to the Bills. Pat Mahomes talks about the loss. You lose a game, especially at home, it's never a good feeling. Um, that was a great football team. I thought we played some good football. We just made too many mistakes at the end of the day. And when you play, when you make mistakes against another great football team, uh, you lose football games. And so uh, it'll be good to learn from. But at, right now, I mean, it stinks for sure. Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick late in this game. and threw Two picks in all. Yeah. Josh and, Allen threw none. And Josh Allen made big plays when he had to down the stretch. Again, we mentioned it in the six-pack. The dirty little secret right now with the, the Chiefs outside of the fact it's not a very good pass defense. They, they hunkered down and played more cover, too. And, you know, they 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 weren't as awful as they've been in some other games uh, against, obviously, a good Bills defense. But that's not – I mean, a good Bills offense, that's a problem. Patrick Mahomes is ranked 31st in the league in fourth quarter passer rating, 54.9. Um, and I wonder if some of that is you don't have the cheetah and you try to do a little too much. And do I really, really trust? Like, it's one thing to spread the ball all over the place, you know, to Edwards Alaire and Juju and all that early in the game. But when it gets to crunch time, he kind of defaulted to Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey in the Colts loss, right? And it, and it hurt him. And here again, the two interceptions are probably, I mean, I don't take the probably out of it. Are the the difference in the game, Debo? Absolutely. And I think we were all kind of hoping for that shootout of the divisional round in the first Not two. Me. First I two, had first half uh, under, had, baby. Well, you, you <laughs> it was all over the first half 20. under. The two turnovers. But as far as the Chiefs, like you were saying, we know that they can't run the football. And Travis Kelsey is still a beast. And Juju Smith-Schuster ended up having a solid game. But... Losing Tyreek Hill is no small thing. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't care who it is. I mean, that's a dynamic weapon, and you paired him opposite of a Travis Kelsey. You can't stop both of them. Where now it's easier to defend this uh, Chiefs team being Captain Obvious right there. But when they can't lean on the running game either to help out, that it just makes it difficult. Let's get to one more game. I think we all saw the Jets going to Lambeau and beating the crap out of the Packers. Uh, it's this, what the heck is going on in this? This Talk about it, something ending poorly. It looks like this is going to end really badly. This guy's got another, like, 60 million fully guaranteed coming to him. He got, like, 106 for two, didn't he? And then even the third year, yeah. it's kind of up to him whether he wants it or not. Uh, the defense is not good. Uh, it's just not. And I wonder if that coordinator um, bites it here in the next couple weeks. And this is the first real adversity that LaFleur has faced. The front office faced adversity, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is going on his tirades. But they're at an offensive crisis. And Rodgers, to me, looks a little disinterested. He looks a little ready to pack it in rather than try to push the ball downfield. He looks a little defeated and defeatist to me. And I have big concerns about the uh, Green Bay Packers. 
Inside access here on a ra- now rainy Monday. And speaking of concerns. How are your windows, T-Bone? Yeah, you back up? I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, well, coming up next, you talk about concerns. How concerned are we about the Ravens' outside pass rushers? They had a game yesterday against the Giants. What did uh, JPP and Owe do? And uh, when are Bowser and Ajabo coming and Houston coming off injury? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Inside access. Weinman, the Ginger Gorilla, Lockenfora, JLC, it's built in, and Barbalace, T-Bone, and his nonsensical amusement Woo. park. Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. Guys, I was looking at the stats from yesterday's game. And Odafe Owe, two tackles. Jason Pierre-Paul did not make the stat sheet. No, he did not. I saw him out there a lot, but he did not make the stat sheets. Now, the Ravens did have four sacks yesterday. Malik Harrison, Justin Matabike, Josh Bynes, and Travis Jones uh, each. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at tackles for loss. It was Patrick Queen, yeah. Justin Matabike, Travis Jones, Clayus Campbell yes. with sacks. My apologies. Wrong, wrong line. But the outside pass rush Mm-mm. was nowhere to be found. No, and I, I feel like we've reached a point with a first-round pick that we've reached in the past where um, it was less is more for, for Patrick Queen around this time a year ago. And now a year later, he, he's playing more. I, I still, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and hype Patrick Queen. I mean, I, 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 it is what it is. Um, when he he can get home sometimes when he blitzes and he should probably be playing less than he is, but that is what it is. But clearly with Kyle Hamilton, they had to start ratcheting that thing back pretty significantly, and he's really only playing um, in a few nickel packages. Looks like he's in all the dime packages, and he's on the field when they go with seven defensive backs as well. But less had to be more for him, or you 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 risk further exposing him and you risk hurting your football team. And they're now there with Owe. And they're telling you that by the snap count. They're telling you that by him getting a seat on the bench after a stupid penalty. Um, they're telling you that by them trusting an old player who just got here two weeks ago, who everybody's shocked how much he's playing, getting more of a run than Owe. And the Owe truthers out there who want to talk about how many double teams he's faced. Well, when you get more pass rushing opportunities than anybody else in the NFL and 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 significantly more than any other edge player, then, yeah, you're also going to run into a lot of double teams. Um, But he hasn't been a factor in coverage this year. He hasn't been special against the run, and he generates almost no pass rush. And we're six games in, and he's had five games that I think, frankly, were pretty awful, and he had one game where he made a few plays. Um, But we're now seeing, T-Bone, things start to get recalibrated a little bit for Mr. Owe, and they're not talking about him playing 80-85%. He was down to 57%. And I, I, I would think that Tyus Bowser's potentially in play this week. And maybe Justin Houston, too. And the days of Owe being on the field first, second, third down, I think, are over. Even if he, were, ending. Even if he was 
being extremely impactful, the snaps that he was playing prior to this past week, it, it just wasn't sustainable. Mm-mm. You look at the Bills game where he played 95% of the it's snaps. That, that can't happen. And like you said, it got scaled down significantly this past week, and I would expect that to continue to trend in that direction once a Justin Houston gets back, once a Tyus Bowser gets back. And I would expect the same for JPP because he still played over 70% of the snaps as a 33-year-old. Bowser, I probably have more confidence in uh, in him playing this week as opposed mm-hmm. to Houston. Houston still hasn't hit the practice field right. yet. And we know that that's a soft tissue injury. We know that he's an older guy. But it's a shame about Houston because he was, he was bringing it. being mm-hmm. very impactful. But his pressure rate was indicative of a guy who had a chance to impact the yes, football game correct. any given drive, unlike the other guy. But Tyus Bowser, he can impact games in a multitude yes, of ways, whether that's playing coverage, setting the edge, getting after the pass. Interception. Interception. Mm-hmm. He had seven sacks last year. So I think him getting back in do I expect that twenty twenty one level? No. But if he can get back, provide an impact. And it's another body in that rotation. That's going to help the rest of the group. Well, and, and uh, Jonas made a good point about him being strong side. Like, like yes. yeah, that should help everyone as well. Like he's setting the edge. All all that that goes into that. He's he knows what to do on that side of the field. I'm going to go back to something that I first broached early last week. I guess maybe it was well, maybe it was midweek. Whenever whenever they activated Ajabo and opened his window up last week. With Bowser. Yeah. He he's he's gonna be more productive than Owen. I believe that strongly. And if he's medically cleared, whatever that pitch count is, it's not gonna be five snaps. If a guy's cleared, that, that means he's at least in a a good number of your potential personnel packages for that game. And I think that's gonna further cut into Owe's workload. And I like and I don't know how much they're going to be on the same field like together. Because I don't think ba- if Bowser's healthy, I don't think Bowser's coming off the strong side. So it's going to be really interesting to see what that division of labor looks like. And man, would that be a good problem for them to have, knowing that three weeks ago they only had really two edge players. And mm-hmm. now Oway goes from playing every snap to o- Oway goes to spelling, you know, Ajabo and Houston or whatever. That That's a big turnaround. A huge turnaround, but to the Oway talk there, if that does come to fruition, that's a massive indictment on Oway, who's a second. Well, a se- no, no, no. Second, is it an like, indictment on a kid who had no sacks? Well, who was a project, who can't bend, who isn't that flexible, who they tried to tell you was one thing, but there's a reason. But, but if he, he's well, a it's, freak it's, show, it's, whoa, 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 whoa. The Ravens it, weren't the only team that was looking at him. Did he? Where was he picked? Thirty first round. Did, was he their first first round pick? No, second. Okay, they even passed on him once, bro. But he was going to go in the second round if he doesn't go at thirty one. That, that, that doesn't. But I'm saying that that doesn't mean that kid's going to come in on a team that has no other pass rushers and do the job. I know the direction you're going with it. With, it's on with them. The, I I agree. It's an indictment on the pick. Is more of what I'm saying. You're talking about a guy that is in his second year had a full off season with a job, and this is all hypothetical, of course. With Ajabo, who 
blew out his Achilles seven months ago, who didn't have any offseason to come in and outperform the second-year player, that is a massive indictment. Well, hey, I mean, at least if, if one of them's productive, that's better well, than you'll none take of them it. No, being you'll productive. Take it. But I think you also need to be realistic about just because they have massive needs and they tend to their roster in a backwards, ridiculous way doesn't mean that then when they then make that pick for need that that kid's going to be ready to do anything until year three. Sure, Kyle sure. Hamilton's another example. I think Kyle Hamilton, it might take two years. But I think he'll be a good football player. There's no reason not to think so. But... That one's different, though. You you took him at 14. Well, I, I'm not. Look, I'm just saying they can try to tell you they're and fixing an immediate, an immediate need. They, they can do that, but their track record is not very good in finding those players. And a guy with this, like, if a team took him where the Ravens took him, and it was like the 49ers, right? And it's like, well, we might lose an Armstead and we're going to have to play play Bosa, but he's just going to he's going to play a third of the snaps his rookie year and find his way. And then the second year, he'll play a little bit more. These these guys he's going to come in and be the guy. Yeah, but we got nobody else. I, I do want to say Except though. Except for Bowser. Hamilton and, and Owe are com- to me completely different because Owe was taken at 31 and you had you, you needed him to be an immediate impact guy and he hasn't been. Hamilton, you took him at 14, you didn't need him. You had Clark, you you signed Marcus Williams before the draft, and you you thought that it's almost like you got a little cute there. What's the phrase you like to say cute by half? No, they, like there were other guys that could have helped them they immediately. They thought he was going to be better than Chuck Clark. Well, he can't get anybody off the field. He got no. he got a little more, he got ahead of Brandon Stevens this week in snap count, but I mean Malik Harrison played more than him in this game. Well, so, so that, like, and it guys. was a run-heavy game, but he's also supposed to be a run defender. I guess what I'm saying is, just because they take someone who's more rough around the edges and more development than not, and just because they do nothing else to really significantly address those needs, doesn't mean that that guy's going to develop any faster than he originally was going to develop, which is probably year three big step forward. This is year three for Matabike, correct? Mm-hmm. We're seeing a big step forward. Now, they had enough. They kept the Calais Campbell. They, this isn't like the Bills and they're going out and getting Von Miller and it's like, okay, Basham and, and Rousseau, one of them, any given week could be a thing. The other one could be a luxury. They didn't. They they put no infrastructure around him from a roster standpoint. I put it on them, not him. They had two inside linebackers on the 53-man roster Two. You you know who's, who's turned into a really nice player? Devin Lloyd, who was taken yep. 13 picks later at 27 for Jacksonville. You know, the, the inside linebacker, that kid's a player. Anyhow, coming up next here on the program, John Harbaugh's weekly Monday press conference with the media after the game. They had a chance to watch the film. What did he think about this team and their lack of finishing football games? Harbaugh's going to tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. 1057 The Fan. Severe Severe weather weather alert. alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Inside access to the castle with Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman. Brought to you by LifeMed Institute. When we get sick, it sucks. Get the fuel you need at LifeMed Institute with vitamin booster shots. Call 410-575-1200 or go to LifeMedInstitute.com and boost your defense. Really, what I come away with, and this is having done this a long time and been in these kind of situations 
many times before, you know, in seasons. We, exa- we understand exactly what we can be as a football team. When you watch the tape, so many things are on there that express where we're going and where we can get. And I think a lot of times, you know, these type of circumstances, these challenges, these, you know, the way we've lost games, three of, three of our games have been kind of in the same vein, yet different types of circumstances. You know, you learn from those things. I'm really confident that our guys are going to take to heart the lessons, coaches and players, and these are the things they're going to forge us going forward. There you have it. He says they haven't reached their full potential yet, and it is early, Jason. It's and they're three and three, still in a tie for first place in the AFC North. Is it possible to to spin this positive? Um, I mean, look, they were the better football team. They exerted their will for the better part of those three hours. You look at any of the production metrics outside of turnovers and third down defense. And they, they check pretty much every box you'd want to check. But, you know, I, I don't I don't know that I automatically sort of buy what Harbs is selling there because this has been going on for a minute. It goes back to last year. You know, like and so you 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 manage to sort of not totally blow a lead the week before to the Bengals with a hat tip assist to Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Still then, a win. And then this happens. So, like, I don't know, guys. I go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. How do you improve a football, collective football IQ on the fly? How, how do you learn, go from not knowing how to handle success and manage leads to putting your throat... You know, you're stepping on people's throats. How much of this is mental, T-Bone? How much of this is subconscious or conscious thinking, oh, my God, don't bleep this up. I hope the guy next to me doesn't bleep this up. Rather than, let's go get them. I'm going to pad my stat sheet, and we're going to win this game, and I'm going to I'm gonna get paid. You said it. It dates back to last year. So a bulk of this team was on last year's squad, and they've experienced it numerous times now. And... Now where it's happened against Miami and Buffalo and to an extent Bengals and then yesterday with the Giants, when you have a lead in the fourth quarter and you're a Ravens fan or someone on that sideline, you aren't super confident. The wheels start turning. Exactly. Love to see him finish finish once, the defense. Yes, and then it can really snowball from that point. And to your point, Ken, the defense hasn't done it. I mean, maybe you could say the Patriots game where they're forcing the turnovers, but they haven't in a must-have situation I'll say slammed this. the door. Bailey Zappi wouldn't throw up those jump oh, balls yeah. and freebies like Mac Jones did. <laughs> they're yeah. lucky. They're lucky they got them before uh, the Zappi. They, hey. They'd have gotten zapped. They would have got zapped. They'd have got zapped. <laughs> he wouldn't be throwing jump balls in the, but, in the uh, end zone to Marlon. Bailey Zappi. But if we're looking for positives, if I'm drinking a nice glass of purple Kool-Aid. Kenyon Drake for the first time. They got some explosive plays from the running back position. Sure. Mark Andrews is still able to put up numbers without any wide receiver help. You had the interior pass rusher. Lamar Jackson can't be this bad throwing the football for a prolonged stretch. There's stuff to build on, and I think the defense is only going to get better once they get some of these outside linebackers back and guys just getting more comfortable back from injuries, the young guys stepping up as the year goes on. They should get better, but will they ever have that killer instinct? 
I don't know. It's calling audible here, Stone. Cut six. We talk about finishing. Harbaugh talks about emphasizing finishing games. I think finishing is a uh, is a habit. So the idea uh, is that you finish everything, finish everything all the time. You finish, and that's kind of the way the program is built. That's the way we built the whole operation. You finish your workout. You finish your film study. You practice. You finish the play. Finish the communication. Finish the call. Finish lunch. You know that applies, but you have to make it a habit to finish. You know, and it's not easy because the other team's trying to do the same thing. It's not like a homework assignment where it's just me and I got to decide that I'm not going to procrastinate and I'm going to get it done. I got to get it done while I'm being attacked with somebody's trying to make sure I can't get it done. That's that's competition. What he's telling me is they've developed bad habits. They 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 practice what they've done in games is they don't finish. They they're used to giving up plays. They're used to not getting off the field. This is the habit they developed. Well, it sounds like he's kind of talking about the psychology of this, which, again, I don't know how you change that on the fly when we're now a third into this season. And it's something that, again, last season, if you want to say turn the page on it, whatever, Lamar got hurt, I guess. But for the guys who were there, I don't know that they can flick that switch. And this just feels like what they've become. Coming up next year on the program, we've talked a lot about that game yesterday, but what did the film tell Bobby DePaul? He's going to give you those answers next here on The Fan. Inside Access.